1: the beauty of the third and eight Cordell Flott play, okay? And I think that your average casual fan is not going to pick up on this, but there's so many diehard Giant fans that roll over this, okay? Flott right on Osborne, incredible, incredible. Here's the deal. Cordell Flott barely played in this game, okay? And we saw him play really well in Philly. A rookie like that to come off the bench, hey, we need to stop here, need to stop here. So many rookie corners and part of the growing of a corner, you see it all the time. A ball gets thrown, and the receiver you're you're going with direction, and you're reading their eyes and looking for them to turn around. It is such human instinct, and so difficult to teach yourself as a corner not to take the glance and look up at the ball, instead just play the guy and play the ball that way. Because if he that one hesitation of looking up to see where the ball is, you will lose that half step, and then your arm is not in there to catch it. Cordell Flott saying the heck with looking at the quarterback's eyes. I am looking at your eyes the whole time, and I'm poking my arm out there at the perfect time when I see you ready to extend, is like an unreal mental capacity play by a cornerback, especially a rookie cornerback in that spot.
2: Two points. First of all, it was the Moreau was unfeeling on feeling the, on the earlier play. Yeah. It was it was Osborne who who wound up getting uh the ball Flott, knocked out right. by Flott. Now, there are two trains of thought on this, Sean. There are defensive backs coaches that will teach technique of looking at the quarterback's eyes. So what you say is right and wrong because there are are guys who will teach the technique of looking at the quarterback's eyes, and that's what they want their guys to do. I understand. There are other coaches who will tell you, do not ever look at the quarterback's eyes. I want you concentrating on the receiver's eyes and his body motions. So it's really an A or a B, a vanilla or a chocolate style. Of how they want you to play. But here's the point: if if you're the the defensive back, in this case Flot, and you haven't played a ton of snaps, and you're now in that spot, you have to have the confidence and the assertiveness and the wherewithal not only to physically make that play, but to mentally not panic in that spot. Yes. You have to trust yourself. Right. And that's what Cordell Flot has. I told you when they drafted this guy, I saw him in training camp. He's got the tools. He's got the skill set. He's got the mental makeup. What he is, he's a little bit slight. We know that. He's going to have to put a little beef on his bones. But Cordell Flott is a cover corner. He's legit.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to look forward to him, obviously, next year when he's going to probably take on a bigger role. And you're right. I mean, look, Osborne knows where he's going. Flott doesn't. And the way that that route was run, it's not like Flott backpedaling to read You know, the quarterback size to me, that was the play to make is just follow him, get my arm there and boom, perfect play. Didn't allow it to happen. Now, obviously, the fourth and eight gets completely disrupted because Dexter Lawrence is all world at this point. Yes, absolutely panics Kirk Cousins into a throw short of the sticks. Paul, how many giant games over the last few years did we look at our offense and go, why do they keep throwing short of the sticks? Why do they keep throwing short of the sticks? It's the giant defense forcing a team with their season on the line to go short of the sticks. And McKinney with the bad hand. I mean, all Hawkinson would have to do is break a tackle out of him. Yep. What are we talking about, right? Adoree Jackson only allows Justin Jefferson the uh, the 37 yards. Xavier McKinney, the game-ending tackle. Giants, a completely different defense with those two in it. McKinney saves the day at the end.
2: You know, for the second straight game against the Giants, Hawkinson winds up catching double-digit balls for over 100 yards. And for much of the game, I didn't understand why they had not made a better adjustment on him after what he did to them about a month ago. But it turned out in that spot, the biggest spot of all, McKinney was on him like a shadow. Yeah. The danger of it was there was no one else in the vicinity. Right. You're right. He He misses that tackle. It's a big play, a very big play. But McKinney, on on that play, that was his deal. He had to make sure that he was going to be on Hawkinson and that that was not going to be the escape hatch that Kirk Cousins was looking for. Yeah. And 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 he made the hit. And that's what, it. again, is Xavier McKinney, another thing I want to go back to you with, Sean, how many missed tackles did the Giants have yesterday? I don't remember any. I don't remember any. Okay. There's a reason why they finished tied with Washington for the fewest missed tackles as a defense in the NFL this year. When you are a sound tackling team, fundamentally you do what you need to do. You have a chance to make plays like that.
1: I'm going to be curious to hear if Wink Martindale has any thoughts on this. Maybe he already did, but the other thing, you know, when you talk about what the adjustments on Hawkinson, the one thing the TV broadcast did a good job of showing is how much offense the Vikings ran off of, you know, Hawkinson kind of behind Justin Jefferson, in some of these routes and like pick your poison and the giants were overcommitting committing to shutting down Jefferson, which they should have. And it almost yeah. was as if the giants had this game plan designed of whatever we do, don't let cook and don't let, Jefferson beat us. And if Hawkinson eats Hawkinson eats. you can't, you can't take care of anybody. And it was like, we're more than happy having Hawkinson go for a hundred yards. We're going to take care of all these other guys because the play, the big plays will stop. It, It seemingly worked out. And in the end, obviously the giants are victorious. A couple other unsung heroes here. Number one, Kenny Galladay's run block. I mean, a guy comes in like that, Paul, he absolutely puts the corner on his ass. And again, A guy like that, a high-paid, let's call it, bust of a free agent signing who has to stay on this roster because you can't just cut him, it would be very easy for him to sulk, be inactive, do any of that. Comes out gladly for whatever plays and just throws his all in the run blocking. Look. I think some of the stuff will always kind of laugh at the Kenny Galladay from a fan's perspective, contract, talk about what a bust it was. But I think there's at least a fan appreciation for Kenny Galladay willing to get dirty and do the dirty work and show he still cares.
2: You know something, Sean? It didn't surprise me. I've told you about this guy all season long. I know the numbers were never there. I get that. But he cares. His teammates care about him and vice yeah. versa. And he works. And the truth of the matter is, you and I have both seen a lot of receivers who wouldn't have made that block.
1: You're talking yeah. about the screen pass to Barkley, right? Yeah. Yeah. When I, I believe mean, it was Shelley who wound up on his ass. Yeah, it was, it was he 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 declared him. He declared him. It was a great block. Blow him was, out. It was unreal. Um And obviously, Isaiah Hodgins goes for over 100 yards, first giant receiver to do that since the Wendell Robinson game in which he got hurt. Uh, How much, Paul, how much talk did we do for two weeks leading up to the trade deadline? And I was screaming about wanting to get a receiver to deadline. The deadline passes the next day. They claim a guy named Isaiah Hodgins off waivers. Ends up being better than any receiver that was traded around the deadline, including Chase Claypool. What what a job by Dable and Shane getting Hodgins in here, and now he has become just a legitimate target for Daniel Jones.
2: Yeah, there's no question that him and Jones really kind of clicked from from the very get-go, and it was quick, and it was rapid. I think it's interesting that Hodgins, after the game, was talking about how when he was in Buffalo, uh, he and Josh Allen actually took some time to watch some of Daniel Jones' tape, believe it or I, not. I saw that quote. That's pretty crazy. And, and when I heard him say that, that kind of caught me off guard because I hadn't heard him say that before. Right. But, but he was being asked about Jones lifting his game to another level here in the playoffs. And that's when Isaiah kind of brought this out of his back pocket. And, and you know what? I, it goes to show you about a quarterback's relationship goes well beyond the field with his wide receivers. Eli used to do this with his guys all the time. They would meet all the time on their own, have separate meetings from the coaches long after the coaches' meetings were done. They would have Eli would have separate meetings with his wide receivers because he always felt that they had to get the same kind of chemistry that the offensive linemen got within their room, thinking that that would benefit the team. Eli taught that to Daniel, and Daniel's now done the same thing with these guys. And obviously him and Hodgins have really hit it off. So, yeah, Sean, I want to mention this before we go because I don't know how much time we have, but I want to mention this. I posted it on my Twitter overnight. In my 40 years on the New York Giants beat, this team has gotten as far as it has and become the most surprising Giants team that I have ever covered. To think that this is the first year of a rebuild And not like when Fossil won the division in 97 because they had a lot of talent on that team and they didn't suffer the kind of injuries that this team suffered through. We're talking about rookies who came up big. We're talking about guys who came up big off of the recycle bin and just continued to grind and grind and grind. And now here they are in the second round of the playoffs. I can honestly tell you 40 years. This is the most
1: surprising result that I have ever seen from a New York Giants football team that's incredible that's incredible what a magical magical year this has been and for at least another week it gets to continue on and we can kind of decompress re-rev up and get ready to try to beat the Philadelphia Eagles Paul so I I personally can't wait um uh, by the way I, a little hard tip I did pick thirty-one twenty-three. 23 the game ends up being thirty-one twenty-four. so that wasn't uh that wasn't bad by and between... I was off by three points yeah we're not bad Vikings for dinner. Eagles for dessert. I love that. Uh, Paul, we're going to wrap up here, but I just think two things that any of our listeners would be curious about because you were in the locker room, uh, early returns, thoughts on uh, injuries, Ojalari and Pinnock Pinnock went to the hospital. So I don't know if we have any more update on that, but the severity of Ojalari, did you get any sense after the game?
2: Yeah. I talked to uh, Aziz afterwards. He was walking around. Well, did not seem to have too much of a, of a favoritism to, to his leg. Uh, he smiled. I asked him how he was doing. He said he was doing okay. I think there's a lot of optimism there. But again, he's had these soft tissue injuries, yeah. which are always very mysterious. Coming out of school, he had a knee. A knee. Yeah, and now these soft tissue injuries are catching up to him. I think there's optimism there, but we're going to have to see. Remember, the game is on Saturday in Philly. That's yeah. one less day. Uh, Pinock, abdominal issue. I don't know the details of it other than he, they told, he told the Giants staff that he was feeling better, and they did bring him home.
1: Okay. All right, so they, there you have it. So we will track that. We will be with you later in the week, but Paul will be at practice again. Shorter week, shorter turnaround. Saturday night is the game. Paul, where can everybody get you on Twitter? At Giants WFAN. And you can follow me at CBS. Hopefully my voice returns before the preview pod. Thanks to producer Adam. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy another playoff week here on One Giant Step.